Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, welcome to Killer Women. I'm Danielle Gerard, your host, and my guest today is Tessa Wagert. Tessa is the author of the Shana Merchant series of mysteries, which includes Death in the Family, The Dead Season, and Dead Wind. A former freelance journalist, Tessa's work has appeared in Forbes, The Huffington Post, Adweek, and The Economist. Tessa grew up in Quebec and now lives with her husband and children in Connecticut. Her latest book, which we're going to talk about today, Dead Wind, released on March 1st. So some descriptors for this series, a bone-chilling mystery that crackles with suspense, tense and twist-riddled, atmospheric, sophisticated thrillers. And I agree. Deadwind was a fast, compelling read that kept the pages turning. Tessa manages to make every Shana book new uh, and exciting and and rife with tension that um, keeps you up way past your bedtime. So Tessa, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm excited to talk with you. This is great. I've been watching the podcast episodes, listening and loving everything you're doing with this. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you. It's so fun. I have to say, there's nothing I enjoy more than talking to other um, female writers. So this one, plus I'm, I'm getting to read all these, you know, fabulous books. So let's talk about Shana. This is book three of the Shana yeah. Merchant series. And uh, the series has been described as Louise Penny, Louise Penny meets Ruth Ware in this small town mystery that bubbles with secrets and intrigue. Um, so one of the things that makes the series so compelling for me is that the situations are woven so deeply into Shana's own sort of family history. Um, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about Deadwind um, and this, what we expect and what we see in this story with Shana? Yeah, I would love to, absolutely. So, um, so with Deadwind, at this point, Shana, it's a third book in the series, as you mentioned, at this point, Shana has been living in the Thousand Islands in upstate New York for um, about eight months or so. And she's still kind of getting to know the community. She's still kind of getting settled there. She moved there from New York City, where she had worked with the NYPD as a detective, looking for a quieter, more peaceful life, looking for a a job that didn't involve quite so much violent crime but of course as tends to be the case with these books she didn't find it there's actually plenty of crime going on in the in the town where she now lives so with this story um it opens with the discovery of a body on one of the one of the islands in the thousand islands that's actually on the canadian side so the saint lawrence river where the islands are located some are in in new york state and some are in ontario and this body is discovered on wolf island in ontario in the midst of a wind farm right at the base of a wind turbine and so shana and her partner are called out there because there's some speculation that the victim might have some kind of ties to a town in her jurisdiction so um, she and her partner tim begin to investigate and the big concern for shana aside from the fact that there's another homicide now in her area, um, yeah, which keeps on happening, is that um, she she's worried that there might be ties to Blake Bram. She's worried that he might be responsible for this murder. And Blake Bram is a serial killer that she has been kind of hunting 
for about almost 18 months, 16, 18 months at this point, he had abducted her while she was living in New York City, and she managed to escape that situation, but he is still at large, and there has been this cat and mouse game going on between them all this time. He has now kind of followed her, she believes, to the Thousand Islands, found her, tracked her down, and without giving too much away, they have a lot of personal history that makes her search for him and her hunt for him very complicated because it's not just a case of a detective looking for looking to apprehend this killer it's there's a lot more complexity to that search and to that relationship so that all comes into play in this story that is also true and i think um i mean we everybody i don't know what it is about us everybody loves a serial killer but a serial killer that is so personally motivated by one specific victim um and especially a victim who got away, like you said, I mean, he held her for, it, it was not a short period of time, right? She, yeah, how long week. was she? Yeah, About a week. week. Yeah. A week. So the fact that she escaped him once probably, you know, has upped the ante for him. Um, yeah. So I, so let's talk about Shana because actually this, the whole series, you know, I sort of love to hear about, you know, whether it's the, you know, it's the, was it the, the, the plot itself, you know, we probably should be talking about death in the family. Is it was it the plot itself that sort of got you going, or did you imagine Shayna as a character, and and then this this Blake Bram villain thing that would carry through um, some books? Was that how it started? Can you give us sort of? I mean, I think other um, authors and um, aspiring authors in particular love to hear sort of where the ideas come from. So, what inspired you? Yeah, um, so Death in the Family, the first book in the series, when I wrote that, that actually I intended for it to be a standalone and then it just became a series. So I was lucky to get the chance to delve a lot deeper into that relationship and into Bram's history. Originally, a lot of that was wrapped up in the first book, but of course now I extended it over other books in the series, um, you know, to keep people hooked and all. But, yeah. um, but right off the bat, I knew that I wanted her as an investigator to have a lot of stumbling blocks and a lot of challenges beyond just the fact that now she was in the Thousand Islands dealing with cases that were on islands, you know? And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges just involved with that because it's not that easy to get a team of investigators out to a, a private island in a storm, which is the case in Death in the Family. Mm -hmm. um, so she, and this is a community she's not familiar with, she's still really trying to find her footing, um, and she's still dealing with a lot of PTSD after coming off of this abduction experience in New York. So all of that, I knew I wanted to throw all of those, all of those stumbling blocks at her um, and create a detective who you know, I mean, a lot of fictional detectives have these quirks and foibles. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go kind of a, like a little bit deeper into the psychology of how she would approach cases and and have there be these other personal experience experiences that really affected how she did her job and how she investigated these crimes. So that's where Blake Bram came in. And I knew right from the beginning, and again, without out giving too much away, I knew right from the beginning who I wanted her to be to, to who I wanted him to be to her and what that relationship was going right. to be like. Right. Um, because in, in the very first book, you find out a little bit about him. Mm -hmm. He's part of her backstory, but you don't really, you don't really learn his identity. Definitely. You, you really don't even learn what he wants from her. Why did he hold her captive for a week? when the other women that he had abducted, he killed right away. I mean, she was his fourth kidnapping victim. She yeah. was his fourth victim, but she 
for some reason that is not immediately revealed survives. So that has been, that storyline has kind of been a thread, you know, woven throughout all of the books in the series so far and will continue to be. Um, so that's how, that's how, <laughs> that's how she <laughs> was born. I mean, she, she was born of this, the idea for this villain that really had, that she had this really meaningful connection with and very complicated. A really bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. so funny that you say um, that it started as a standalone. Um, all three of my series <laughs> have started no, as uh, one book standalone. And then, uh, you know, when there's, when you meet a character, I mean, it, and it's a mutual thing between, and I obviously the publishers really like a, a series because when a reader yeah. loves the character and I, you know, you get those emails, I'm sure they're like, when's the next Shana book? And oh, yeah, I get them, yeah. I get them too. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm writing that book. those characters anymore, but it's, we yeah. do get really addicted to somebody and how fun that you, you know, that you had that, you had the Blake Bram thing there because none of us, we would never have been satisfied if we didn't, um, if we didn't get these other books to know, you know, what, what was, what's really going on there and what's happening and yeah. her damage. I love the sort of the, you know, there's a, the, the she's both a victim and an inspector, right? So she right. gets this, she now has this whole new layer, layer of empathy and compassion right. Uh, and, and also sort of, it's your, it's mortality. Like I think of a lot of inspectors, they, they deal with such dark stuff that they have to sort of be really, um, strong about death. They have to sort of be, feel a little invincible. And yet yeah. she knows, you know, very firsthand that, that she's not invincible. Um, so yeah. anyway. Yeah, I tried to really put myself in the head of, of, I mean, obviously, I'm not a detective, I've never been a detective, but I, I researched this extensively before starting to write Death in the Family, and I was lucky to connect with the actual sheriff of Jefferson County, where, where Shana is based, um, because these are all the books that are, the, the towns that are featured in the books are all real life towns, and, and this woman, who was actually the first elected sheriff of New York State, um, and I have a sheriff character in the book whose whose professional experience is very similar to this yes. this real life sheriff. Yes, who is a lovely person who has given me so much behind the scenes yeah. information about how crimes, but just the police procedure behind, especially in that area, how how crimes are investigated there, and all of the unique. Um, you know, unique situations that exist there for investigators with the New York State Police. So she um, she really informed the way that I approached not only the the police procedure in all of these books, but also the characters as well. And I, I mean, I talked to her and I thought to myself, this is not I mean, I'm sure there are detectives out there, investigators out there who are tough as nails, who have, you know, show very little vulnerability. I didn't necessarily want mm -hmm. to write that kind of, it was more interesting to me to write someone who had to overcome a lot of obstacles in her life, in her personal life, right. and who had this interesting family history, because all of that colors how she chooses to, to chooses to make the decisions that she does when she's doing her job and investigating a crime. And I think that's just, I, I hope readers agree. I just, as a reader myself, I always find that really interesting to try to, you know, figure out what's really going on behind the scenes with this right. character beyond just what you're seeing at the crime scene. 
And I think we see a little of ourselves in that. I mean, I think the vulnerability is what is the part where like, oh yeah, I, that would be, I would be, you know, I would feel that too. I would be scared. And I love that these are, you know, here we are with killer women, but I love that these are really badass women, right? They're very strong women, but that doesn't make them, you know, impenetrable. They're also very, you know, they're very nuanced characters. And I think that is really probably the most, I mean, you know, male and female inspectors, just like everybody are, are much more like that in, in real life than I think um, we see in some of the sort of, you know, Rambo type movies. So yeah. I, I do, I agree with you. I love the, I love the nuance. Now, um, can you tell us a little bit, since you're sort of new to this, I mean, a little bit new, this is your third book, so you're not new, yeah. new. And, and congratulations, because getting um, a book published, as we know, is, a near impossible feat. And then yeah. getting the second book published, what do they say? There's some, I've heard this statistic, only 20% get a second book and then only six, I mean, the numbers get crazy smaller after that. So yeah, yeah. congratulations, that's amazing. Um, tell us a little bit, like how long have you, I know you're a writer. I mean, you were a writer in, in, your, in your previous life, but yes. when did you start writing fiction? Is this the first, um, are these the first books that you've written and can you tell you know aspiring authors sort of the what the journey was like for you sure yeah definitely um yes i was a freelance journalist for a lot of years so i've always been a writer and i actually wrote fiction quite a bit when i was a child and into my teenage years i wrote short stories and poems that i would submit to contests and various things and but i never had a story idea that I felt like I could parlay into an actual full-length novel mm -hmm. um, until my kids were very young, like nine months old and two and a half. And I just was really like, I mean, it was such a crazy busy time right. and I was still doing some freelance writing on the side just to stay sane, I guess. But I was looking for some kind of creative outlet and somehow I just kind of remembered how much I had enjoyed creative writing. Right. And and had an idea that I thought maybe I might be able to turn into a book. So I wrote a book and that was the book that got me my agent within maybe a year or, or so. Um, but that book has not been published. And it's so funny that that this, these Shana books have turned into a series because that book, I intended it for it to be the first in a series. I wrote the second book in the series as well. I outlined and started to write the third book in the series. And I mean, None of those books went anywhere. So in retrospect, yeah. I was a little, I was a little leery of writing another, you know, writing a series because I just didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. And right. on the other hand, though, I had all of those books that I wrote. So I wrote four books before I wrote Death in the Family and all of those I now consider practice books. I mean, I really feel like if I hadn't written those books, I don't think I would have been able to pull off any of these books because that was the that was the experience that I needed. And I needed to make the mistakes and get feedback from my agent, right. my critique partners and figure it all out before I was ready to have, you know, something that really was uh, polished enough to go to market. So, um, so I wrote Death in the Family as the first my first attempt at writing a classic mystery and the other mm -hmm. books had all had a mystery component to them too. But, um, but all of a sudden I just kind of realized that's really where my interests lie. And those mm -hmm. were the types of books that I was reading the most as well. So I decided if I was going to write a mystery, I would make it be the most quintessential, um, you right. know, dark and stormy night, like all right, the, right. Somewhat, sometimes somewhat cliched tropes. Like I wanted to incorporate all of that and have it to be, have it be like an homage to the Agatha Christie books mm -hmm. that I had loved, like, and then there were none, which is 
this was kind of a death in the family right. inspired by that with the you know the cast of eccentric characters on the private island and all right that. closed so, room or yeah exactly yeah locked room exactly locked room. so that's how it all came to be and I mean my only advice that I can offer really is to just stick with it because it took me it took me almost 10 years from writing that very first book to when death in the family was published yeah. but then after that death in the family and the second book the dead season were both published in 2020 wow. and now this third book is coming out and I just submitted my the fourth book in the series to my um agent for review so that will come out sometime next year so, so I mean it can feel like it's taking forever and it can feel like a lot of fits and starts but I I really think sticking with it and using that time to kind of hone your craft it's yeah there's it, there's something to be said for that I don't I mean I really hats off to all of these debuts who managed to get there with their very first book that they write I, oh. I would be mortified now if I thought that that first book that I wrote was the one that yes. was out there in the world honestly well, I think that's right I think everybody has I know most authors have books buried in the backyard as I always right. call them I have I have three and the other thing I think you you that you mentioned that I think is worth pointing out is it's not just that you were writing for 10 years but that you finished a book it, it didn't sell and you moved on to another book which I think people you know you fall in love with I think my first book I you know I fell in love with this book um and I fell in love with the idea and I you know there's a part of me that wanted to rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it until it was you know until it was going to be published yeah. but I think you learn more from you know moving on right into the next book yeah. so I think that's another and I think that's all incredible advice and you can't quit because if you you know the only way you'll never get published is if you quit right Absolutely. that's pretty much yeah. a guarantee you need um, to be resilient I think is in this industry right and you need to understand too and it took me a long time to I mean I was really really precious with my words at the beginning and I didn't want to make any changes and I was I just remember I was so afraid that someone was going to steal this idea from me I mean nobody I cared it went out to 100 like 100 ag yeah. agents yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. or whatever nobody wanted this idea idea but you know you just get so possessive your of baby that very exactly and totally. I mean you do a lot together but I think exactly how exactly the way you describe it I mean being able to walk away from something and know mm. that you have another book in you you will find another story and you will totally. flesh that out and make it work I think you need to know that 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 happens in publishing right. I mean there books will be rejected even once you're published it can happen so yeah, yeah. it's good to have that experience <laughs> yes you have to be resilient yeah. and you can cry uh and eat ice cream and drink wine that's what I say but then you gotta yeah. you know if you want to do it you gotta get up and do it again so okay so we we're not giving anything away at the end of this book and there is like a major you know we can talk offline about that, but um, yeah. so without giving anything away, um, what is next for Shana? Yeah, so that's a very tricky question to answer without giving anything <laughs> away. But <laughs> well, she has. You can just tell us. You know, she stays. Give it. Yeah, can you give so, us a tiny hint about the plot of the next book? I without can. so the the next book is again set in the Thousand Islands. Um, it's set in the summer during um, what's called Pirate Days, which is a festival that actually takes place in this town of Alexandria Bay where Shana works, um, which is in celebration of this pirate named Bill Johnston, who 
was kind of like a renegade rebel who kind of played both sides in the US and Canada. And anyway, he, there's a lot of interesting history behind this pirate, but to, to honor him, the town, because he kind of hid out in that town for some time. Um, this is like, you know, a century and a half ago or whatever it was. Right. He, um, he has now this this uh, this amazing 10 day celebration that happens every year kind of in his honor. And so that is the backdrop for the next book in the series. And Shana starts to investigate what is happening with a, a, a couple of crimes that occur during this festival that draws thousands of tourists right. to the town. So it's a little bit, again, like death in the family and exploration of class and privilege, because there's a there's a big divide between the locals who live in the town, who work in, you know, blue collar jobs, they're in hospitality, it's a very right. touristy area. Um, and these very wealthy families that come in in the summer and have these private islands with multi-million dollar homes, historic yeah. homes that have been, you know, that were built like during the golden age, turn of the century, incredible. Some of them are actual legitimate castles. So wow. it's just, that's always been so interesting to me, having visited this area for 20 years now, every single summer that I yeah. just, I wanted to explore that a little bit more. So that's a theme. Um, I think it, it reads a little bit like a thriller too. It's a police procedural again, but there are some definite thriller qualities to it. I yeah. think it's hopefully people will feel it's pretty fast paced. So I'm excited about that. And, um, and yeah, I can't say much more about, <laughs> I <laughs> know exactly fair. what you're wanting to ask. I know, I <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, that, that sounds, I mean, that sounds amazing. I act, I do want to go back and just point out when well, you talked about it earlier, but I, um, I did mention, I also love the fact that this is unusual, at least in my experience of reading that she is dealing with you know, the, the Canadians versus the, you know, America and that, like you said, yeah. and, and, and one of the things that comes up in this book is that Shana, I don't think I'm ruining things by saying that Shana doesn't know really how to drive a boat. And she right. needs like, now that she's living in this place where there's all these, she grew up in Vermont, which, you know, less, there's less need for a boat there. And then she's now having to learn how to do that. So that's another really interesting aspect. And you've clearly, I mean, obviously done a lot of research about the area and about, um, you know, what it was, what's required to be in the place there, but it's, it's got a really nice um, fresh spin. So anybody I feel like who loves um, police procedures, which is so my jam um, yeah. and, um, and strong women and, you know, and it had, all of these books have um, real thriller elements too. Um, moments where you just kind of want to close your eyes and, um, you know, make the pages go faster. So, you know, everything's going to be okay. Um, so yeah, um, the well, setting plays a, I, I just was going to say real quick, um, because I, I wanted to compliment you on the atmosphere of your Badlands thriller oh, series too, because, you. and those are the types of books that I absolutely love. And I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but setting really informs the story for me. Like it's kind of, it's usually where I start, frankly, is with, I have this idea for like with this book, Deadwind, um, I had been on a trip to Wolf Island where the crime scene takes place in this yeah. book. And I mean, I it was gonna be, you know, five more years before this book came out. And I wasn't even writing the series at that point, but I took a bunch of pictures and videos while I was on this island with this wind farm. Cause I just was so struck by what a, like a cool atmosphere it was. Yes. And I knew that I wanted it to be the setting at some point and have like a book with a strong sense of place and have that wind farm factor into it. Yes. That's something that I think like for me as a reader, the police procedurals that I love the most are the ones like that in the thrillers that have like a really strong, yeah. strong sense of place. Yeah. And those wind turbines, I mean, I've been not that close, like never at the bottom of one, but I've certainly driven by them and they are 
huge. And it's, it's that so my analogy. Cool. Yeah. My analogy for that is those drilling. When I went to North Dakota for the research on the Badlands Roller Series, yeah. those big drills that look like, you know, yeah, um, so dinosaurs. So exactly. anyway, it's that same. Yeah. yeah. They're very, it's very unnatural, you know, in yeah, a, it's in unsettling, a, right? It almost mm -hmm. feels like an alien, yes, you know, some kind of alien presence, right. especially, yeah, especially, I mean, I think you probably will feel this way about the Badlands um, settings too, but when the, when the landscape is so flat and that's what Wolf Island is like, like so flat, then you even the, this, this, just the size of the turbines and the, they just dwarf absolutely everything around them. I mean, so it's dramatic. Just, it's unbelievable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's absolutely true. That's a really good point. And thank you for the compliment. That's very nice. Um, yeah. But I am excited. And this, I, we have so much to look forward to. So I'm really excited. What do you have a title for the new book? Not finalized. <laughs> Not I yet. Wish okay. I did. I have a tentative title that I'm excited about, but I can't. Yeah, I know. Who it. knows what will happen with it? It exactly. might be something totally different in two months. So we'll, <laughs> we we yet. can wait. We will. Yes. We will hold ourselves, <laughs> even though we want to know first. And we assume yeah. that the word "dead" will be in there, or "death," or um, yeah, something along then, those lines. Yeah, yeah, definitely. that you got. <laughs> you got that going. Um, yeah. Well, this is. It's really exciting, you guys. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us. Tessa, thank you for being thank here you. today. Um, I feel like we could talk for like four more hours, but so we'll, we'll get you back when the next uh, Shana book is out. I can't wait fantastic. to read it. I so, love that. Yeah, we'll do it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Killer Women. I'm your host, Danielle Gerard. And Tessa, tell us where to find you online really quickly. Yeah, so I'm pretty much everywhere I'm under Tessa Wagert, um, except for Facebook, which is Tessa Wagert Books. And actually, I think TikTok is Tessa Wagert Books too, but I'm not, we were just talking about this before, <laughs> Danielle, I'm not super active on TikTok, um, mm -hmm. but I am very active on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, I would love to connect with readers in any of those places. And Wagert is W-E-G-E-R-T in case. Um, exactly. And, yeah. Uh, in case you're listening and not watching. Okay. Well, thank you again. And Killer Women is part of the Authors on the Air Global Network. We will see you next time.